The Tilted Land Shark Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play a fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash with their over-under game. Just head to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And make sure to download the SGPN app. You're home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the Tilted Landshark Podcast, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, as we figured out, not the only AUDL uh, gambling podcast, but the best AUDL gambling podcast. That's what we maintain. I'm one of your hosts, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oaklawn, and I'm here with my other host, Zach, hot time, summer in the city of Elo. Ooh. Zach, how's it going, man? I am doing just great. How are you, Chase? Man, I'm good. It's uh, speaking of hot. It's it's finally getting like jungle hot here in Arkansas. I don't I don't know how it is in, in Chattanooga. Uh, it's but, yeah. it's miserable. It's tough, man. I did some gardening work yesterday. Lasted ten minutes, and I was like, all right, I'm done. I uh, I can't do this anymore. So I made myself a margarita, and I relaxed all day after that. That's uh, well, self care is important. I will say that. Uh, so I'm glad I'm glad that you're taking some time for you. Of course, uh, that's, my body's that's a temple. Different. That's okay. Sure. Um, so, uh, as has become early week tradition for us, uh, we, we actually have a, a guest with us here on the tilted land shark. And, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think we're showing a little bit of a favoritism to, to one team possibly. I love the game. I love the hustle, man. That's right. We have another member of the Atlanta hustle with us. Uh, Zach, why don't you tell the folks who, who's joining us? Yeah, uh, this guy was a former teammate of mine, not only on the Hustle, but the Nashville Night Watch. Also a club teammate back in our days in Huntsville, Freaks, which he is back at right now in Huntsville. Uh, Four-year ADL vet, if I got that right. Goal scoring, Eli Jaime. What is up, man? Hey, y'all. It's uh, it's great to be here. Appreciate you guys having me on. Sweet. See, I, I never played against Freaks, but uh, what was that? I think the team was – the other Alabama team I can name that was in my section whenever I was playing club was uh, – I think it was like Iron Man from Birmingham. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were they were <laughs> one of the – they were top three usually in our section. Were, it, uh... it was like us, Turbo Dog, and Iron Man. Eli can attest to this. They were a solid rival for us for sure. I don't know what the Huntsville versus Birmingham rivalry is like. Yeah, it's it's definitely fallen off, I'd say, a little bit. But, um, I mean, you still have a lot of those classic Ironman guys still out here competing at a high level. Uh, Matt Smith, Kelvin Williams, uh, doing big things for the hustle. So, uh, the, the blood runs deep. Uh, the, right. the modern Huntsville-Birmingham rivalry might have uh, died out a little bit, though. So, Eli, how did you get started playing, playing Ultimate? Uh, originally, I just played pickup front yard with uh, older siblings and their friends that's kind of really started out grassroots it was super casual we used cones and trees to mark end zones played with whammos and and just out there to have a good time uh 
when I was maybe like 10 or 11, I actually <clears> got to watch my brother play summer league one year. And to me, that was just wild to watch. Like, oh man, you guys have matching jerseys. You guys have rules. You guys are, you know, showing up and warming up beforehand. That was just so foreign to me as a kid who had only played pickup before. And then uh, late high school, I got invited out to play summer league for the first time in Huntsville. Fell in love. Uh, I'd been a soccer and lacrosse kid before that. So a lot of that athleticism translated really well to becoming a cutter. And then just for a few years, ran fast and caught discs and uh, kind of perfected that. And uh, that's where where we uh, kind of started out and where we're still kind of going strong. Well, sweet. Yeah, I mean, so you started playing league. I think a lot of us started off in leagues or, you know, just playing some pickup with our cousins or just out with the church group or something like that. But then you grew to be a professional ultimate player. I don't know if you ever thought that was going to be a possibility when you're watching your uh, brother play league. So your first season with the Nashville Nightwatch, kind of explain how that was versus what it looks like now playing for the Atlanta Hustle. Sure. Um, so I went up and played in Nashville kind of following Tom Radcliffe, who was a big-time Huntsville player for many years. Uh, coached me in college, coached me – and was the captain of Huntsville Freaks for a really long time. Um, so I always really aspired to uh, play at his level. Um, unfortunately, with uh, his growing family, he retired right before I joined Nashville Nightwatch. Um, but that experience was really good. Uh, I got to meet some really talented Ultimate Frisbee players. Got to play with you, uh, Chris Calhoun, Paul Lally, uh, who's out in San Diego now doing big things. Um, but that was really... It, it was maybe the, the biggest uh, field of opponents that I've had ever been exposed to uh, with Nashville. We got to play against teams from all over the South. And as a player who had only played kind of a, a mediocre club team, it was really cool to be able to experience some of the best players in the whole country uh, playing against Dallas, playing against Atlanta, playing against Florida. Um, so that sort of broadening of horizons with my first step in the ADL was really cool. And now continuing that with Atlanta, I mean, we've gotten to play teams up and down the East Coast. We've gotten to uh, travel and fly to a bunch of different cities. It has been a really awesome experience. Um, quality has, has definitely improved uh, since moving out of Nashville, but uh, that's just what comes with a bigger market. So I'm just thankful that I've been able to stay competitive and, and stay sort of relevant in my, in my little niche job. So, you know, you, you make the move from, from Club Ultimate to, to AUDL. When, when was your, like, hey, rookie, welcome to the league moment? When was your moment where you're just like, holy shit, I am a professional athlete and I'm playing against other professional athletes? Uh, oh, so vividly. So we went and played a preseason sort of mini round robin in Kansas City. Um, and it was us, uh, Kansas City, put together kind of like a, a club all-star team. Indianapolis came and then Chicago at, at the time Chicago Wildfire now Chicago Union they they rolled up they had their their own bus that was wrapped with the team logo and everything and they got off the bus in these matching bright blue jumpsuits and I was like oh man uh, we carpooled to that tournament uh, both us and the women's team together in one vehicle it was like uh, not disorganized but just a lot of folks trying to get people to the right place at the right time, picking people up from different cities. So we sort of rolled in. It was still sort of this club feel of like, hopefully we all get there on time. And then we showed up and here comes Chicago. They're rolling out with these like 
real nice sharp warm-ups and i was like man this is uh this is pretty cool to see these these people are are all on time are all together are all unified in this like really tangible way so that was neat listen, listen like jumpsuits i mean when you're dealing with people in jumpsuits you're either dealing with a highly organized sporting team or a religious cult either way you know you're in <laughs> team iceland from right. d2 um i remember i remember that uh that road trip vividly so i was living in memphis at the time and i'll tell you this one of the worst mistakes in my adult life luckily nothing never happened i left so the bus came from nashville and drove to st louis then up to kansas city coming from memphis i drove to st louis i thought it was a good idea let's just leave my car at a st louis mall for the entire weekend leave it alone hopefully nothing ever happens to it uh luckily came back nothing happened to it but looking back that was a stupid mistake and you're right Eli. it's kind of like making multiple stops to pick up a bunch of stragglers along the way to get our way to uh kansas city it's kind of a little dysfunctional made it fun that way uh, someday there will be AUDL messiah and it's the person who can get all of his people to the same place at the same time that's that's how <laughs> i feel about it sure i'm still um, holding out for the uh the private jet to come pick me up in huntsville every week yeah, the G, that G5's coming, Eli. Don't don't give up your dreams. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you've been playing for four years. Uh, I've always known you as kind of a scoring machine, Eli. You find your way into the end zone. Looking back at your stats, uh, for Nashville, 10 games, 25 goals. But then you join Atlanta, 52 goals, 41 goals. Uh, you're on pace this year for another 40-goal season. Um, you even... Don't have your teammate has the nickname Carl Enzone, um, but you don't have that nickname. Are you kind of jealous about that nickname? You're the leading scorer for the Atlanta Hustle right now. Uh, yeah, no. So what I'll say about that, uh, it was really interesting to have Carl crossover last season, um, kind of out of nowhere. No one really saw him coming. Was one of those players that maybe uh, when he got the disc on the D line, Miranda was a little more likely to call a timeout. Uh, so you wouldn't expect somebody like that like to to perform so well on offense but he did and uh just immediately kind of broke out as as a goal scoring machine as well um what i will say is as far as not having a nickname goes i feel at this point in my career there's sort of an expectation of my role and my job um and and i do that job and uh, that's not to say i do it incredibly well uh there are other people who who do their jobs much better than i do my job but my job is just easy and, and produces a high volume of stats. So, you know, for me to score three goals a game, that, that doesn't mean I, uh, I'm like the best player or anything like that. It just means I, I didn't mess up too bad. So um, just having done this for a while, it's, it's sort of just like expected. All right, Elijah's going to score some goals. If, you know, if I get a, if I'm up in like the, the six, seven, eight range for a game, that's, that's pretty impressive. But other, other than that, just sort of routine work for me. Well, we're talk- if you're just joining us, we're, we're talking to Eli, uh, too busy, too, too business-like for nicknames. Uh, Jaime, uh, <laughs> thank you again for, for joining us. Uh, so, I mean, people who are playing Ultimate, especially this generation of folks who are in the AUDL now, I mean, they're not the folks who, who grew up necessarily playing Ultimate. You know, they're not the, the kids who were playing in organized leagues from the time that they were in, you know, by, by the time from the time that they were in like junior high or even you know earlier uh who would you say 
are your influences outside of frisbee for for you know for sports like who who do you you idolize who do you want to be the most like oh man that's a tough question um i i will say i i was never a huge sports fan as far as uh watching or following individual players um i mean you you got like the real big famous folks lebron james has been incredible my entire adult life so it's been enjoyable watching him um but yeah i would say i don't really keep track of any players closely enough to to really want to emulate anyone specifically um outside of ultimate i, I could probably name a couple ultimate players who uh who are, who are big time influences but i yeah i sort of a unique unique situation where i'm real big into playing sports wasn't much of a, a fan myself though So it wasn't Tom Ratcliffe? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Tom Ratcliffe. Huge, uh, huge for me growing up. <laughs> huge fan. Love, love, um, love following that dude. Bass Bros. Yeah, so, Eli, you have um, some notif- uh, notable, I guess, swag on the field sometimes. Um, you're known for wearing a pink bandana. I think ever since I've been playing with and against you, I've noticed the pink bandana. Um, and for any AEDL fans out there who watch Eli play, will notice the pink bandana. So, what's the story behind that? Nothing terribly special. Uh, when I was a couple years into summer leagues, a friend of mine gave it to me and was like, "Hey, I bet you won't wear this," uh, kind of as a joke. And I was like, "Oh well, I'll show you. Let me uh, let me rock that thing." Um, it was originally with a, a small sense of irony. My dad, who played pickup with me for several years. He always wore a, a bandana, and that was kind of like a goofy look, uh, sort of like the old man, big, big, enormous glasses, big headband. Um, mm-hmm. So when I originally wore it, kind of just to, to prove my friend wrong, it was like, oh, I'll also look like my dad and kind of be goofy with it. Uh, but after that, I, I, wore, I wore for summer league for a year or so, and then when I started playing college, kept doing it and just kind of became my look. And I, I'm, uh, I'm the kind of person who – I don't like to let a good bit die, so yeah, that's turned into four years of professional ultimate wearing uh, that headband almost exclusively. I, I will say when I get my hair cut real short, uh, the headband's not a great look, and I'll, I'll have been known to to rock a, a hat every once in a while, but usually it's that, that old pink bandana. Is it the same one since you started with it? No, I, I will be honest. This is the third. I lost the first one. <laughs> the second one has... The second one's more holes than it is bandana at this point, so <laughs> I just got a fresh, fresh third one. I've been, I've been wearing since late last year. I, I don't know for certain, but I know for certain that your teammates have the other two bandanas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like every ultimate athlete has that one thing they always wear. Like in high school, thinking that when I was hot shit, I was like a bright neon yellow spring break hat, thinking I was like the coolest kid out there playing ultimate um pink bandana is a little cooler than that but yeah like every ultimate athlete has that one piece of swagger that they hold on with for a very long time listen yeah. no, it, i you can't be too fierce to rock the pink like uh the team that i played for our name was boys named sue our colors were black and pink i had all sorts of pink accessories so as a fellow we- wearer of pink i appreciate the style and i appreciate the swagger well, I, uh, I will say I've, I've almost certainly sealed my fate when uh, my kids come back and watch film of me from when I was in my 20s, and they uh, will certainly think I look like a goofball. 
I will uh, I'll do a throwback thing. They'll be wearing shirts that say "Cut and Like My Daddy." That's what that's what will be going on. <laughs> Real quick, I want to expand on this. I think it was the 2019 season. I could be wrong. You dyed your hair. No, it was the night wash season. You dyed your hair blonde. Was that? Am I right there, or am I thinking of this wrong? Uh, no, I did do it twice. Actually, it was uh, late late night watch season, and also late in the the following year for the Atlanta Hustle. Now, did you just think that goes great with the pink bandana? What's the uh, what's the story behind the uh, the blonde hair, the dye into the hair? Uh, the original time was uh, did it for college regionals with a fellow UH uh, veteran at Tannen Hedges. Uh, he was really interested in doing it and kind of wanted a buddy to, to do it along with him. So I was like, oh, sure, I'll, I'll get it done. Um, I personally wasn't a huge fan of the look. Just that bright sort of golden mane wasn't quite my style. I like, I like the black. But I will say I think the nicest my hair has ever looked was right in the between stage when I got my hair cut. And there's still a little bit of blonde tips on the ends, mostly dark roots. Real, singing, real solid. Singing, singing bye, bye, bye. In the yeah, I was going to say, that's all that frosty tip look. There's, there's not many directions you can go with it. We are going to uh, we're gonna hit a quick break. And when we come back, we'll have more of Eli. And uh, we're going to find out if blondes really do have more fun on the AUDL field. Uh, we'll be right back with more Tilted Landshark podcast brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Make sure to get down on the wins. Bet $50, win $200 promotion where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Bet $500 or more on sports or casino before July 31st, 2022 and get entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club, including a two-night stay at Wynn Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries allowed. All users can bet $100 on NBA or casino and be entered into a prize drawing to attend a DJ Diesel, a.k.a. Shaquille O'Neal, performance at Encore Beach Club at night, as well as meet and greet with DJ Diesel this summer. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper 2 by playing their new over and under game. Super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or under. For example, number of points in a basketball game, hits in a baseball game. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with a tap of a button. And it's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new Over Under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com SGP and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's right, join our squad and get the 100% deposit match at sleeper.com slash SGP. Gentlemen, Father's Day is just around the corner, and our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure all the father figures out there are looking like daddy material this June. 
Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, which includes their signature Lawnmower 4.0, is the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe. This right here is no dad joke. Treat him and yourself and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. Trust me, his dad bod will thank you. Listen, just because your dad looked like he was wearing a sweater all year with matching fur speedo doesn't mean that you have to look like it also. That's why you have to pick up this new lawnmower 4.0 and this package that Manscaped is offering. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code SGP. Shake what your mama gave you? Nah, shake what your daddy gave you. Welcome back to the Tilted Landshark Podcast, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We are back here with uh, Eli Jaime, also with Zach Avello, also with me, Chase Sessoms, the Wolf of Oakland. Uh, Zach, Zach, you got a question for Eli? We're gonna. I got. I got several about the South Division and what he thinks of their, their prospects. But I mean, you've got the the gold right now with the the inside information with the frosty tips. Um. Yeah. No. I mean. I mean, I don't really have much more outside of that, but I do want to know, Eli, you've uh, you played with some pretty good players with Nightwatch and with Hustle. So I'm going to ask you this. If you could pick anyone within the entire span of the ADL, or it could be outside the ADL, think club players too, anyone you could play side-by-side with that you haven't played with yet, who would you play with? Oof, that's tough. Um, I think I'm going to go with uh, either Dylan Freechild or Trent Dylan from – notable uh seattle sockeye players mm-hmm. um just was really cool seeing them uh really early on in my career they were both young but already making a big difference in the in the league and uh, even now what is it seven eight years later you got uh dylan freechild's making the world's games team and and still doing big things for seattle sockeye they won the club championship a couple years back and uh mm-hmm. just the longevity and uh impressiveness of their career has has always been an inspiration have loved to watch them play they're just exciting quick fast players they sort of uh do a similar role to me which is you know make use of their athleticism downfield to create options but both those players also have a an arsenal of throws which makes them deadly as as distributors as well so it's great to see those guys play uh and has been over the last uh few years of my career yeah i've got to be honest i I uh, thought up this question. I was like, knowing Eli, Eli plays a lot like Dylan Freechild. I bet you he's going to say Dylan Freechild. So I'm glad that was your answer. Um, Because, yeah, you guys are parallel in the style of play that y'all have. Um, Dribbling, that's not really a thing in Ultimate, but there could be a thing of dribbling the disc up the field is kind of what they're both capable of doing. For sure. So, Eli, the the South Division has has gotten remarkably competitive over the last couple of weeks. You have uh, Carolina going down to uh, going down to Texas and uh, dropping a game uh, to uh, to Austin. Uh, everyone seems to be kind of floating, uh, excluding Tampa Bay, floating in that kind of like one loss territory. Uh, what do you think of the Hustle's chances to to end up at the top of the division by the end of the year? Uh, I'm really excited. With that uh, kind of, I'll say, slightly surprising loss from Carolina to Austin last week, uh, it's definitely really cool that uh, our ability to, to take first in the division is definitely in our hands. 
we have two more games against Raleigh. So if we can seal those deals and um, win the rest of the games that we, you know, quote unquote, should win, then uh, it's definitely within our power to to keep winning and, and take the division. But uh, yes, stiff competition. Obviously, Raleigh defending champions, they're uh, down uh, Anders Jungst and uh, Alan Lavia mm-hmm. led the season. But even even without those guys, they just have such incredible depth. Uh, North Carolina has done such a good job building talent and they have no shortage of excellent players to field in place of those two guys. And then you have Austin who, who's really sort of flipped the tables on Dallas and has consolidated a lot of the Texas talent and uh, beating them is, is no easy feat. I mean, as you can see from last week with them taking down a very competitive Carolina team. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to require a lot of hard work and we got to win some very tough games against Carolina and Austin. But you know, it's it's within our our control to make it happen. So that's that's an exciting prospect. Yeah, I want to I want to get behind the uh, the doors of the film room for the Atlanta Hustle real quick. So back to back weeks, you guys have played Tampa Bay. Um, a couple of weeks ago, you guys played them with a two point win. Uh, Tampa Bay took half on you guys, and you guys were able to claw back and uh, get the W. So the week between that close win and last weekend's game against Tampa Bay, what was preparation like playing the same team twice, but knowing the first go around was closer than what you guys wanted? Um, yeah, like you said, we, we definitely expected to, to do a little better the first week, but traveling down and playing at Tampa is, is always a challenge. That, that road trip's not fun for anybody. Um, our availability is usually lower for those trips. So we're reaching deep into our, uh, our roster to, to pull out some folks for that game. But uh, I will say it, it speaks to the, the depth of the team we've developed and uh, the talent we have, you know, even getting into the, the late 30s and early 40s of our guys in the lineup that, that we can go down, play very hot, very intense game against Tampa and, and still pull out the W. Um, that was definitely an emphasis of all the coaches was, you know, we, we think we're a great team um, and we play ultimate well, but uh, sometimes they're going to struggle. And even if you're not blowing teams out, just being able to really grind and really finish a game all the way to the end is what matters. And so we were able to do that against Tampa in Tampa coming back to Atlanta. Obviously we have a lot more folks available. We have uh, the benefit of not having to travel for nine hours the day, the day of the game. So we're able to prepare a little bit better and, and kind of solidify our game plan. We swapped some folks around. We, are still sort of figuring out what our offensive unit is going to look like. And a lot of, a lot of key people from defense are kind of shifting around positions, seeing what, what works best in, in preparation for Carolina next weekend. But, but it was, it was good. This was a, an excellent opportunity to sort of feel out the remaining pieces as we move into uh, what will hopefully be the fight for the top of the division next week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you guys do have Carolina coming up. Is there a, a big raw, raw speech to get behind here? Do you guys have any extra motivation uh, with this game? What's, what's the mindset going into this upcoming weekend? Uh, no, I think, you know, we, we've done a good job of focusing on us most of the year. And I think that's just something we have to carry forward into this game too is, you know, we've played against Raleigh so many times. Um, but we're trying not to let the history between us kind of dictate the, the, 
the whole narrative of the game. We really want it to be about us, about our performance. In the, the past several games, offense has kind of swung from looking really bad to looking really good to really bad again. So just feeling ourselves out, finding some consistency and being able to lock in is what we're looking to do. It could be Tampa, it could be Dallas, it could be Carolina. We're really trying not to focus on the opponent too much. Just lock in our pieces, lock in the game plan, go out there and get a W. Man, I, I'm looking at the uh, the home schedule and the game themes here. Uh, and man, coming up, 6-17, that's right, this month, the 17th. This week, in fact, you got the blackout game versus uh, versus Carolina. Do you guys just turn into just like a team full of Batman whenever you uh, you throw the black unis <laughs> on? Yeah, uh, I, I'm actually really excited about this. We are supporting some good organizations in Atlanta, just supporting some opportunities for people of color. Um, so it's just a great outreach opportunity, great uh, awareness opportunity to build for those organizations. Um, and as part of it, we're going to get some uh, some pretty sweet kits, I think. So be looking uh, be looking to, to see some uh, fresh black uniforms this coming week. Stylish and okay. socially aware. That's what we'd like to hear right there. Uh, <laughs> uh -huh. Man, man I, I'm tapped out for questions. Zach, do you have anything else for Eli? No, Eli, I, uh, we really appreciate you being on. I do have one final question. I should have asked Paul this a couple of weeks ago. <coughs> Excuse me. But um he's a little too far away let me ask you this eli um if david trett who is the old owner of the nashville night watch <laughs> is listening if david trett called you uh at the end of the season saying hey the nashville night watch are coming back for the 2023 summer what do you think your plans are going to be for that summer Ooh, that'd be tough um conversation i would have with david trett would be how he would convince miranda Knowles to go coach for uh, Nashville um, oh that's one thing one thing I've really appreciated playing in Atlanta is just the level of coaching we've had available mm -hmm. obviously Miranda heading things up but then you got TJ Martin you got George Summers uh, Jenny Matsunagi last year um, and, and that's just made such an influence on on me personally as a player getting to have the the guidance and instruction of those yeah. incredible coaching staff and uh, I think for us as a team that's a, a huge part of our success is just having people who are that one step removed from the game. They're not tired. They're not exhausted. And they just have that great awareness of what's going on and ability to make adjustments. So, so yeah, if, if Trek could uh, hire on some a plus staff like that, you know, I think we, we could uh, start a conversation about it. Sounds good. Well, I'll talk to him uh, later this week. No, I'm kidding. I don't think that's even going to be close in the works, but just a fun <laughs> idea. Well, thank, thank you very much. Thanks to Eli Jaime of the Atlanta Hustle for joining us. Uh, good luck for the rest of the season. I uh, mm -hmm. hope you guys are able to, to, to make, a, make a strong push in the South Division, uh, mostly because no, uh, no Carolina Flyers have come on the show yet. So uh, we, we are officially, uh, you know, a hustle podcast here. I love the game. I love the hustle, man. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so – I uh... – Appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, yeah, uh, good luck to you guys the rest of this year with uh, the podcast. Yeah, we appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot, and we are going to take a quick break here on the Tilted Land Shark podcast. When we come back, Zach and I are going to run down the rest of the uh, AUDL action from this week, uh, take yep. a look at the scores, and check our performance, 
We'll be right back with more Tilted Land Shark podcast brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com SGP. Again, that is athleticgreens.com SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right, without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and that's just like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. Welcome back to the Tilted Landshark Podcast. Oh, man, it's time to look at week seven, see how Zach and I did, and see how some of these games turned out uh, for this week. Uh, you know, it was there were some surprises this week. There are some, definitely yes. some surprises. Uh, but let's go ahead, and we're going to kick it off in the east when we had D.C. traveling to New York. Uh, New York was a four-and-a-half-point favorite, total set at 42-and-a-half. Uh, New York gets the win. They do not cover. We were on the right side there. We were mm-hmm. also on the right side of the over, uh, 42 and a half. Uh, you know, DC just kind of stuck around. They hung around, they hung around, they hung around. They got down a little bit and they were able to pull it back a little bit closer, but not enough to, to get the dub against a very strong New York team. Yeah. I mean, so Babbitt leads the game with six goals, Ryan Osgar, zero turnovers, which is a pretty big accomplishment being a guy with the disc in his hands a lot. Um, the big difference in this game was New York routed off three straight breaks in the second half. Yep. Um, that DC just couldn't climb back out of. They got a couple breaks themselves afterwards, but New York answered back with two more breaks. So that second quarter was the big difference maker in this game that could have been back and forth all four quarters if it wasn't for that. But four and a half for such a big marquee game, I think that spread was too big. So we definitely handicapped that. It's pretty spot on. So moving on, we had Toronto taking on Montreal. 
I, I personally thought that the, the number was way too big for Montreal here. Uh, in, in hindsight, I, I guess I should have been on the uh, on Toronto to win outright because uh, they, <clears throat> they were a six-point underdog. They actually get the victory 21-20 in that game. Strong performance from a Toronto yeah. team who, who hasn't to date had any really huge victories so far this season. No, and I was definitely on the wrong side of this game, unfortunately. Um I thought Montreal was going to have a bounce back moment this year, but Toronto biggest dog of the season to win bigger than the Seattle Portland game. Toronto was plus seven fifty in this game. So Man. if you would have gotten Toronto money line, hundred dollars got you $850 right there. Um, Pukerum four assists, two goals, three blocks, no turnovers, huge game from him in Toronto. Um, we had a, we had a, uh, a prop bet for this. Luke Komeyer, over yeah. under 450 and a half yards. <coughs> Excuse me. Hit way under that mark. 165. Yeah. Um, which is not great. Brissett didn't have a good game himself for Montreal. Only two assists, 340 yards. Um, Toronto with a very efficient game. Montreal only able to get six blocks. So props to Toronto. I don't, I mean, I these Canadian teams are like just flip a coin and see what team you're gonna get. Right. Because this right. Montreal spot especially I've been not been able to get a read on all season. Now speaking of teams I haven't been able to get a read on all season, one of them being the Madison Radicals. Uh they traveled to Chicago uh to take on the Chicago Union. They were the five and a half point dog. Uh they cover. Uh we ended up going twenty-two, uh Chicago winning twenty-two to twenty-one. Uh, this was one of my locks was the over here, uh, which after watching, I think the first quarter, I was like, yeah, yeah, I got it. The lock is taken care of. Yeah. It was, it was easy little score for us here, but, uh, Chicago handles business. Are they the team to beat in the, uh, in the central? A hundred percent. Um, they didn't get a blowout win against Madison. Madison probably being the third team in the central, but yeah, this Chicago team is deep. Paula Johnis with six assists, 379 throwing yards um and then i don't know if you were able to watch the game madison was down 1915 going into the fourth quarter um and they were collected three breaks they got three breaks uh that quarter and then had 29 seconds at the end of the game to tie it up couldn't get it done um they did tie it up with about 43 seconds left is what i'm seeing and then watching the end of this game Chicago on the offensive end, 13-second possession. Madison leaves Ross Baker open somehow. There's a photo on the uh, someone's Twitter. Ross Baker is one of the best receivers in the ADL for Chicago. Madison just left him open deep. Just an easy deep shot to Ross. Um, they were able to get the game-winning point with about 29 seconds left. So Madison with the coverage miscommunication kind of lost in the game right there. All right, sticking with the Central, uh, we have who's probably the second best team in the Central currently, Minnesota. They were at a six and a half point favorite against Pittsburgh. Uh, ends up 2014. They do not get the cover there, uh, but still, it's a pretty convincing win against uh, against Pittsburgh, who who kind of mm-hmm. is, is a little bit of a yo-yo team, a little up, a little down each week. It seems. Yeah, I mean, Pitt's offense. You're not going to get a lot of them. Props to them. They took half, eleven nine. Uh, Minnesota kind of took their foot off the gas in the half. Um, but, again, 
Minnesota outscores Pittsburgh 11 to three in the second half. Looking at the stat line, uh, Minnesota, extremely well-rounded team that they brought to Pittsburgh, all but three players. So 17, 18 players, I think all but three players um, recorded either a goal assist or a block. So everyone was contributing to this win against Pitt, kind of making it an easy win. Um, Pitt doesn't get much help behind Colicchio, who's their go-to offensive weapon. So they need to figure something out on that end. Uh, not only if they want to start winning, but if they also want to start covering. Or they want 5-2 and two against the spread. So they can cover. They can't score, but somehow they could cover. All right. So last game in the Central, uh, Indianapolis versus the poor, poor, poor Detroit mechanics. Those poor, <laughs> poor mechanics with an X. Yeah. Uh, Indy was a six and a half point favorite. I think they covered. Uh, they get the victory, thirty-two to eighteen. Uh, Zach's uh, dream of, of betting the mechanics on the money line to win uh, lives another week. Um, are you doubling down again, Zach? I'll double down. I don't know when their next game is. I think they have the week off this next week. Um, no, they're going to Pittsburgh. That is possible. All right. Probably won't happen, but that is possible. Uh, you know, I'll be on the money line. But right. let's just say this. The over, although kind of in doubt, mentally, with all the confidence I've had, the over was never in doubt. They reached right. into the 50s pretty easily. Uh, Xavier Payne, eight assists on 33 defensive points, which is not a good look for Detroit if a defensive player is going to be able to do that much. Um Detroit behind Jorgren um, kind of can't get anything done. He had two assists, three goals. That's all their offense, kind of like how Pitt only has Colicchio. Just one-man shows aren't going to get it done. Um, and then Indy, a 98% completion rate. If you look at their stats at home, the splits are so lopsided. They're a completely different team once they start throwing inside. Um, so, yeah, I'm just – Waiting for that game next week, Pitt-Detroit. Let's see what the money line for Detroit comes out to, but maybe we'll have some luck there. All right, we, time to ride or die on the west side. And when I talk about the west side, I'm talking about the west division. And in this division, <clears throat> it, it was a tale of two rookie franchises uh, this weekend because you had Colorado going on a back-to-back and also Portland going on a back-to-back. And they had wildly different results uh, on their on their back-to-back mm-hmm. trips this weekend. Let's start off with uh, Colorado, uh, who traveled to Salt Lake for their uh, their first game. Uh, they were a, a one-and-a-half-point dog. They get uh, the victory, 25-20, uh, against Salt Lake. Uh, you know, Salt Lake, who who has looked like, at times, one of the best, you know, the best of the new uh, franchises. Colorado, at times, has looked like the new, best of the new franchises. Portland. Portland's having some adversity, but what'd you think of this Colorado Salt Lake game? Um, Colorado's the best team in the West, and I would probably put them as yeah the the team to probably represent the West, which was my prediction. Didn't think it was going to be like this dominant, but again, some sneaky wins. They go into Salt Lake, they get a commanding win. Quinn Finer, rookie for Colorado. Four goals, four assists. We'll talk about him in the next game. Had a hell of a weekend. Nethercut with seven assists and 627 throwing yards. Um, he he was responsible for a third of the turnovers, but when you have a guy like Nethercut, you just allow that man to shoot whenever he wants to shoot. Turnover or not, he's your best thrower. You're going to let him do what he wants to do. Um, 
it's worth noting that that Colorado was plus 190 on the on the money line here. Uh, yeah. For for a league that's notoriously hard to hit money line dogs, they've started coming up a lot this season. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, they're not without hope. Uh, I would yeah. say. Yeah, I mean, in retrospect, it's you could kind of say the wrong team was favored. You're looking at Colorado now after this weekend. They're just so dominant. Um, teams are having some of the worst games in the West when they play against Colorado. Um, so, yeah, it's Colorado against Salt Lake. 17 of their 25 goals came from Hucks, so Salt Lake struggled to cover the big ball especially when you have someone like Nethercut thrown, he could throw it on the dot. Um, and this game is kind of a blowout through the first three quarters, so it wasn't really that much of a competition to watch. But yeah, Colorado is sneaking up to be probably the second best team in the league, in my opinion, for ever to do a power ranking on here. Yeah, so they had the second half of their back-to-back. Uh, something that's notoriously tough uh, for teams is, is playing two games in a row. They uh they went to take on uh, the Oakland Spiders. Hey oh hey 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 whoa oh, now oh, all right hey hey oh. as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. And time. That's right. So, uh, Colorado uh, actually they they uh they go against the trend. They get the 29-24 victory. They easily cut well they not easily but they cover the three and a half point spread here. Uh, with their, mm-hmm. their victory against Oakland. I actually, I think this game could have been a lot closer, but you had like back-to-back plays in one of the end zones. One was on a massive layout for him. I'll have to figure out who it was, uh, who had the layout point for Oakland, uh, who injured himself on the play. And then uh, there was another, uh, you know, a D in the back of the end zone where the uh, the player who got the D came came up uh, and injured also. I, I kind of think that had those two injuries not happened, maybe they, this game would have been a little bit closer, but... I mean that's that's the way the the proverbial cookie crumbles. Uh, sometimes people get get hurt and they're not available to play, and 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 uh, Colorado gets the the five point dub against Oakland. Yeah, um, let's just give a special shout out to Justin Norton for Oakland second game for him this year. Ten assists um, led all players in that game with ten assists. But going back to Colorado because I mean they're the winners, so let's just talk sure. about them. Um, another great game from Quinn Finer, four assists, four goals through five or six games this year so far, zero turnovers on his end for an offensive player, extremely tough to do. Um, but that's the one thing I'm noticing about this Colorado team. We'll go to their stat line. I'll have to dig into the numbers. But for as many turnovers that they throw, I think Nethercut is probably responsible for about 30 to 40% of them. That's a very efficient team. I think they're a well-built team that has put very efficient players, players who aren't very risky, around one of the best throwers in the game, another cut, who will take those risks. So it's not like you got three handlers back there who are just going to be trigger happy, right? <clears throat> they put a very efficient team around another cut to kind of balance the turnovers that he's going to be throwing, um, which makes them even more dangerous on the offensive end. So – the other team who had the the uh, polar opposite experience of their of their back to back road trip was uh, a, a team that I mean we've been high on, but uh, you know they've kind of really hit some hard times, really hit kind of hit yeah. the kids uh, the last few weeks, and that's uh, the Portland Nitros. Uh, they go they square off against uh, L.A. once again after uh, dropping a game at home uh, by one point to L.A. 
they have a game in between, and then they come back to play L.A. this weekend. And damn it, L.A. did it again. They get a one-point one point. big 17-16. <laughs> Uh, first, let me just go ahead and say, uh, you know, I, I was high on LA to, but you know, before the season started, I think they might, may, might be able to make a push to get into, maybe get into second place <clears throat> in this division and, uh, play a little, little playoff flat ball. Yeah. I mean, behind Colorado and San Diego, they've already took care of two games against Portland. Who's going to be only other team probably in front of them. Oakland can't win. Seattle's got a long way to claw back, even though I do like the Seattle team. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I don't get it. Oh, Portland's just falling off the cliff. Their offenses look terrible. I gave you that prop. Landra Marks over under ten and a half goals and assists. Um, seven goals, no assists. So well under that. Um, yeah, but rookie Ever Shapiro, ever since he's come back for LA, they've been on fire. Seven goals, two assists, one hockey assist. That's ten of their seventeen goals have went through Ever Shapiro's hands. Um, and <laughs> for a one-point game, the final two points of the game took six minutes. And Portland that's, scored none of that. Yeah. Portland that, could not throw it in. That's a yeah. long time to be chasing a disc. Yeah, that's uh, that's why you condition. That's why you run the uh, gassers at the end of every practice, right? Three turnovers, either in the end zone or red zone for Portland to end the game in the final six minutes. You're not going to win in that kind of clutch moment. Um, yeah. Hey, we didn't get a spread or a money line in this game, so I figured L.A. would have been dogs. Would have been a fun dog pick, but they didn't. the books were uh, kind of scared, I guess you That's could right. put it. Now, the second half of their back-to-back, they, they took on the, the fighting Paul Lallies, the San Diego Growlers. And uh, the, the, trend, the trend still lives. We didn't get blanked on the trend because, uh, you know uh, – San Diego gets the win. However, they did not cover. They did not cover. They did not game. cover. San Diego gets the two-point win. So Portland leaves this weekend with two losses by by a total of three points. Uh, I I, I got to wonder how they respond. If this fires them up for the rest of the season, or if it's just fuck, fuck, man. Dude, yeah, I I can see it being demoralizing because you're looking at the beginning of the season like you're a top three, top two team in the division. Then back-to-back weekends, you lose to L.A. twice. Um, Leandro Marks, quiet game. Someone we expect to have a big game every time. Goose Helton finally had a big game for San Diego. It's been quiet. He's a former MVP in the league. Five assists, four goals. Uh, Trevor Purdy with four blocks for San Diego had a monster defensive game. Um, It was kind of back and forth for the most part. San Diego a little deeper. Portland a little more exhausted from the back-to-back. Um, where it's able to pull out the dub. All right, so we've only got two games left. They both came from the South Division. It's uh, we've got our our Atlanta our our pod team of choice. Apparently, uh, the Atlanta Hustle. They they took on Tampa Bay. Uh, I don't I'll know how you, that happened. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, death taxes and Atlanta not covering against Tampa Bay is kind of how how it feels as of late. Uh, <laughs> Atlanta was the six-point favorite. They get the five-point win, uh, 23-18 against Tampa Bay. I mean, come on. When it comes to actual, like, AUDL purposes, who cares? Who cares what the what the final score was? When it comes to gambling yeah. purposes, well, we care. It's, we care a little it's, bit. It's tough. Um, yeah, so we had Eli on this show. He led the game in six goals, two assists. Um, 
no one on Tampa. Every time I go back and watch these games and look at the stat line, there's no one on Tampa that stands out. Prowlis is their main handler. He gets a lot of throwing yards, but they just can't score enough for anyone to stand out. Um, Hustle, 13 blocks. Went 8 for 8 on Hooks, 13 blocks. Holzmeyer, four of those blocks were his. Um, Watching the end of this game, it kind of felt like Hustle saw they had a nice little cushion lead. And didn't really care, so they threw some ill-advised turnovers that led to Tampa Bay either scoring or getting the game to uh, zero on the clock. You hate to see Tampa Bay cover. Yeah. You hate to see a team maybe slack off a little bit, but at the same time, you like to see a team that's fresh heading in to to play against their their number one rivals. Yeah, uh, in, in the division this week, but it's a blackout game, a, as we've learned. So, you know, could have been a look-ahead spot too. Could have been a they. Once they sealed that win in the fourth quarter, their mind shifted to Carolina right away. All right. Speaking of Carolina, they had the Dallas Legion travel into town and uh, poor, poor Dallas. Uh, it was a seven and a half point spread. Cal- uh, Carolina gets an eight point victory, 23 uh, 15. Dallas, obviously, uh, team numero dos and Tejas. Uh, the, the, the Austin shit out of Lux are, are by far the, the team to beat in, in the Lone Star State. Uh, but, I mean, Carolina just doing what they are supposed to do against a team like Dallas. Yeah. Um, this was one of my locks. I think I locked the uh, the over – no, the under, 42.5. I just knew Dallas's offense couldn't compete. Terrence Mitchell for Carolina forces four goals. Solid game from him. Um, Carolina had 11 different goal scorers in this game, which is probably about over half their roster. So a well-rounded game going to Dallas one, the last two games, they're one for 37 on break chances. They get 37 defensive points, only one break out of those 37 defensive points. They had 11 opportunities. They caused 11 turnovers, only one break. So they got to figure something out. That offensive defense is atrocious. Um, for that, whenever Dallas and Tampa plays each other, you know, I may just have to pick Tampa that game just because Dallas can't figure out how to move the disc on the defensive end. So that is it for week seven of ADL action. Uh, Zach and I will be back with you uh, before first pull on Friday for, for week eight, uh, give you our, our picks and predictions here. I, I mean, I'm just looking through the week eight schedule and, uh, a game that we've already hyped up a couple times. We've got Carolina uh, mm-hmm. traveling to Atlanta to take on the hustle. Uh, maybe a sneaky good one. we got the mechanics with the next playing the Pittsburgh Thunderbirds. Could this be the week? We Could don't be. know. Um, uh, you'll have to come in, come and check us out uh, later this week to find out. I've got a little nugget to kind of tease what I'll be looking at next week. So we always talk about back-to-backs not covering on the second half of a back-to-back. We got two Canadian teams traveling to the uh, the Americas, so I did some digging on what uh what kind of trends we could find whenever these Canadian teams play the American teams, and so this Thursday when we break down these games, I'll be able to hand out those trends that we're looking at. Yeah, I mean we got a double trend coming. We've got Canadian teams coming across the border. We've got back to backs from Canadian teams. I mean, mm-hmm. what is that like? Is that like two negatives make a positive or? I mean, the stars, what? no, yeah, the stars are going to align for us. Let's put it that way. I think we'll get some great value out of these bets this upcoming week. We're talking money flat ball. That's right, Boom. ladies and gentlemen. 
And that is it for us on the Tilted Landshark Podcast, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Saying goodbye for myself and also for, for my lovely co-host, Zach Avello. That's sweet. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You know what else is sweet? A hammer. And you know what you do? You hammer or you are nothing. We'll see you later this week.